Lindsay Miles is an author, a creator, and an all-around inspirational educator on the subject of zero-waste living, less-waste living, clutter-free living, and sustainable living. In this episode, Allison asks Lindsay some questions about Lindsay's experience with getting out of the supermarkets and learning to shop in alternate routes. This is a really fun episode. I wasn't here for it, but I was excited to listen to the replay, and I think you'll enjoy it too. We look forward to hearing about your experiences with walking out of the supermarket and learning to shop from your local farms, and I'm really excited about the collective impact that all of us will have on the healthy and positive stewardship of our planet just by quitting supermarkets. So I'm here with Lindsay Miles from Treading My Own Path, and I found Lindsay via her blog post about quitting supermarkets when I was really interested in quitting supermarkets. And I thought it'd be wonderful to have her come share with us her own experience and give us some tips, because I know she's been at it for a long time. So hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much Hello, for being thank here. You. Thank you for having me. All the way from Australia. <laughs> Via England. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So first of all, tell us um, how long ago you quit supermarkets and why you chose to do that. Okay, so my kind of sustainability journey, if you want to call it that, kind of started in 2012. And what actually happened was I decided that I was going to try and quit plastic. So I did this challenge to try and quit plastic for the month. And I remember the first time, like I went to the supermarket and I'm trying to buy stuff without plastic. So you go to the fruit and veg aisle and then you go to the deli counter, the fish counter, the meat counter, the cheese counter, the bakery. And then you go to maybe some of the aisles and there's a few things in tins and glass jars and kind of realise that, I guess a couple of things. First of all, there wasn't much choice at the supermarket. Considering supermarkets have 40,000 items for sale, once you try and actually remove the plastic and the packaging, there's not that many. And a lot of that stuff, a lot of those 40,000 items are actually processed junk, which I thought that I ate quite healthily. But when I started kind of stripping, stripping it back and not buying the packaging and realizing that the less processed something is, the more likely you can get it without packaging. Um, the more I guess I kind of realized that supermarkets weren't actually that useful. So I guess I went to the supermarket and I bought you know, toilet paper and um, I could get toilet paper and wrapped in cup, uh, paper. Mm -hmm. and bananas and mushrooms and bread rolls and jar of olives and pasta in a box and then the next time I went back I got bananas and bread and mushrooms and olives in a, you know and it was kind of like I'm gonna die of malnutrition if I keep shopping at the supermarket <laughs> yeah. and so I guess then I was like okay what other options are there and um so farmers markets was one uh, veggie box deliveries was one um bulk stores where you can go and take your own containers and fill up uh, you know, pasta, rice, all the sort of dry goods, lentils, all of that sort of thing. So basically, slowly, 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 I started looking for other alternatives to where I could buy things. And then um, when I wrote that blog post, basically, I kind of realized one day that I wasn't really going to the supermarket anymore. So it wasn't that I actually had this big decision, mm -hmm. I'm quitting supermarkets. It was more that I just started trying to find alternatives um, to the things I wanted to buy. And I kind of realized that the supermarkets weren't actually the best option. They're, yeah, really they're full of processed and overpackaged stuff. So that mm. was kind of how I, um, yeah, quit them. So it sounds like it was a kind of a, 
an education on something that you you didn't really notice before because you weren't bothered about the plastic plastic kind of prompted you to and you saw so much more when you tried to change it yeah I mean I was bothered about the plastic I think we're all bothered about the plastic but I just didn't realize that I could do something about it you know I'd see all this plastic and I'd be like oh it's ridiculous that the shops have all of this plastic Mm. but then I'd buy it you know and it never Mm. occurred to me that I was part of the problem and I could be part of the solution and you know, one of the things that I'm really lucky is that I have access to really good farmers markets. I've got access mm. to really good grocery stores, like in kind of the city where I live. Um, I've got, you know, there's lots of bulk stores where you can buy things. So it was quite easy for me, but not fast, but easy for me to find alternatives that wasn't taking up. Because I think people think you go to the supermarket because it's convenient. And if you start going to the yeah. bulk store and the bakery and the farmers market, suddenly you're spending, you know, 25 hours a week grocery shopping and you have to quit your job or whatever and it wasn't actually like that but it was about kind of creating a new routine so um you know going to the farmer's market that also had a bakery or um figuring out that you know the stock store that sold olive oil was near the post office or you know whatever it is so it kind of probably took I reckon it took maybe six months and also just being able to buy the right amount of stuff because you know you buy things in packets and you kind of know how much two tins of this and two packets of that and when you're buying it fresh you know how long does it last and how how long does it last in the fridge or in the cupboard and how long does it last because you cook it whatever speed you cook it so there was a lot of kind of work around figuring out the routine um and now like if I when I say, you know, I quit the supermarket, like I, I don't really believe in absolutes. So I do still go into the supermarket. Um, like I find my grocery store, the onions are always like rotten in the middle. It drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They just don't store. So I, generally I'll get onions from the supermarket. So I kind of treat it like my emergency, like kind of store rather than, whereas most people will use the supermarket as their main store. Yeah. And then the convenience store is their emergency store. So I've kind of reversed it. So um, yeah, I think okay, what I you're could... saying about routine is really important because what you're saying is, you know, it's not a kind of hard and fast rule that you're never going to step in a supermarket again, but you've got into the habit of it being the emergency rather than the opposite being the emergency, which is, yeah, um, yeah exactly. Important. And now I go into the supermarket and like when I first used to go there, I knew where everything was. So you could, you know, you take your trolley and you, you're kind of an autopilot, you know, and you get to the checkout and your trolley's full with yeah. all of the things that you want. And you're like, oh, whereas now I go in and there's all the lights and there's all the people. Yeah. And I'm, I love it's a bewildered, what do they say, rabbit yeah. in the headlights. And I'm like, yeah, oh know. my God, where are we on five the things? We don't, we don't realise that. I have experienced that in that because I don't go in supermarkets, you know, from like maybe I don't know, six months ago was the last time I went in one. And before, I never even noticed that they had these blaring lights and there was all these beeping everywhere. And now when I go in one, I'm like, oh, the lights, I can't, my eyes feel funny and there's all people. And and it it makes you realise, having been away from it, what an unnatural environment they are. Yeah, and they're very overwhelming. So, you know, you want to buy, say you want to buy some strawberry jam. So you go to the aisle and then there's like 29 yeah. types of strawberry jam. And you're like, do I need a big one? Or, oh, no, I need yeah. sugar or this brand. And then that one's on sale. And but that is that, I don't know. And, you know, and obviously, um, like our brains can't deal with that kind of decision making. So usually when we go to yeah. the supermarket, we are kind of on autopilot. Yeah. And kind of unlocking yourself from that and then going, oh, I have to make a decision about which jam. And then I have to make a decision about which olives. And then I have, like, whereas you go to the farmer's market or you go to a bulk store, or you go to an independent grocer, 
and they've only mm. got two types of jam and they've only got one type of tomato or mm. you know whatever it is and so I found that not shopping at supermarkets was much more kind of relaxing but like I said like I, I kind of think I don't want to be like I'm not going to supermarkets under any uh you know for any reason whatsoever because actually when, when I wrote the original blog post I lived mm. somewhere where it was very easy for me to go to box stores and stuff and it still is I've moved since and it's still easy but like my husband drives literally past the supermarket to and from work like every single day and it's next mm. to the library and it's next to the bulk store so that which is why now like if we need onions I'm not gonna go oh I'm gonna go to the library go to the bulk store and then drive you know 15 kilometers just to prove yeah. a point because that's just more work and more hassle but I guess like so with all of this COVID stuff where um, I don't know if it happened in Italy, but I know in England and I know in Australia, you know, aisles were empty. Aisles yeah. in Australia now are currently empty in the supermarkets. But if I go to the farmer's market, the independent grocery store, the bulk store, they haven't run out of anything because they don't have these massive complicated supply chains yeah. where things get taken to a central point and then they're shipped somewhere else and then they're back. So for me, with all of this COVID stuff, like it's easy for me to say, you know what, I just won't go to the supermarket. I'll just go to the other places and so I haven't really noticed this kind of chaos that everyone else had which was really yeah. kind of reassuring I think yeah and everything because else it's, was so chaotic yeah it's easy to feel ungrounded by everything that's going on around you in a situation like we've had the last 18 months and so having that not being your life is a benefit to kind of mental health and and relationships and how you show up in the world. I agree with you. Yeah, I wanted to worry about, I yes. wanted to pick you up pick pick up on something more you said about routine which was people think that it's the time that it's going to take much more time if they don't go to the supermarket but actually you said it's just really routine that is changing and once you were able to sort out oh okay I'm going to go here here and here that it didn't take this kind of massive extra time. And I think a lot of people are scared to, to make changes because, you know, it's, it's difficult to disrupt a routine. You know, we have routines for a reason. They're easy for us. But I, I think it's wonderful that you'd share that, that actually once you have sorted that routine, it is not any harder. It does not take, you know, tons more time. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, well, I'd say, I mean, that's obviously true for me. It's not necessarily true for everyone, like, mm. you know, if your nearest bulk store is an hour's drive away or whatever. But then the other thing that I think is kind of important to remember is like, and it's kind of like this thing I said before about absolutes, like it's not, you either quit the supermarket and you never go there or you do everything there. Like the way that I kind of approached it and the way that actually we generally create new habits is not by thinking I'm quitting the supermarket. I've got to find a solution for everything. It's kind of thinking I've got to figure out a different way to buy olives or a different way to buy milk or a different way to buy mm. tomatoes or whatever and kind of tackle things one thing at a time so it might be that you live an hour from the bulk store and you can go to a bulk store once every two months and you stock up and then in the meantime maybe you have to go to the supermarket but you know everything we do to kind of unattach ourselves from these kind of really they're really fragile supply chains I think with COVID we've really seen how fragile this kind of system can be and how kind of we just get sucked into it so you know if you can't if you can't do it all the time because you know you've got five children or because the box was an hour away or whatever then that doesn't mean you can't do it at all you can maybe you know maybe the kids football club is next to a really good bakery or maybe you work near a grocer or whatever so you can fit bits in you don't have to do everything yeah. and 
kind of routines will always change. You know, people get busier, new places open, uh, kids get older, you know, all of these things. So the other thing is if you can't do it right now, doesn't mean you won't be able to do it in six months. It doesn't mean you can't yeah. do half of it. doesn't mean in a year you can't revisit it. doesn't mean in two years a box store is going to open next door to your house, you know. So we've kind of got to remember that whatever our situation is now, it's not stuck in time. So we can do what we can now, but we'll always be able to kind of tweak things and, you know, maybe we have to take a step back for now. But the opportunity is always going to be there to kind of try and do better, I think. Yeah, wonderful. What was the most difficult thing for you to um, make that journey? You said it took about six months. What was the hardest change in that process? Hmm. Um, I guess hardest in terms, there's one thing that I guess the, the thing is, right, thinking about kind of change and thinking about routines and you have to, it's really hard when you're talking about changing habits, you can't talk about kind of big abstract ideas like quitting the supermarket or not using plastic because it kind of it's kind of meaningless in terms of habits like what does that mean you've got to mm. break it down and so kind of with the supermarket it's like literally kind of on a tiny level going where can I get bread without plastic or where can I get olives that isn't the supermarket or whatever it is and so in terms of I guess difficulty it tends to be the things that you can't buy outside the supermarket and I think for me there wasn't really much that I couldn't buy outside the supermarket. Probably mm-hmm. the one thing that I struggle with is bars of chocolate. Like okay. the grocery store I sell doesn't really have any. And the bulk store has a lot, but it's kind of not dark enough. And I realise this is a very first world problem, but I really like chocolate and I don't really want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. And, you know, we're all allowed kind of luxuries in life and a bar of chocolate, bar of dark chocolate is kind of mine. And so... You know, sometimes we do have these little exceptions. And so I'll go to the bulk store and I'll get their chocolate. And, but sometimes and I'll go to the grocery store and like, the independent store and get what they've got. But you know, sometimes I will sneak into the supermarket and just buy a bar of my favourite, which doesn't isn't sold anywhere else. So sometimes it's just the thing. And other things like blueberries and strawberries, which come in mm-hmm. plastic. Like I just decided when I did this challenge just to give them up. Like if I can't buy them without plastic, I just won't eat them. And that mm-hmm. was fine. But chocolate isn't the same. I can't, for some reason, blueberries, strawberries were fine. Chocolate is not. And so, you know, I think everyone's got that. There'll be things that you're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like I could buy bread rolls instead of a loaf and kind of, you know, get them from the bakery or avoid the packaging. But sometimes we get things and we're like, that's just, I'm just not. And so I think that's the difficult thing. Like when, when you can't find an alternative um, yeah. and, you don't, and you can't give stuff up. And, you know, whether you personally want to give something up you know, it's, it's kind of your choice. And, you know, I always think when people talk about sustainability, you know, the most sustainable thing would be growing everything and drinking rainwater and not drinking anything. No one's doing that. I mean, some people are doing that, but people who live in cities are not doing that. And yeah. so we've kind of just got to give ourselves a break, I think. And if we do it 90% or 95% or 80% or 70%, you know, it's still better than 0%. So, yeah. And, and what you said right back at the beginning was, you know, you thought initially that, you couldn't do anything about plastic use. But if what you're saying, you know, if, if everyone did it 70%, oh my gosh, the difference that would make. Yes. The other thing actually, which kind of haven't talked about, but one of the other things when I started giving up plastic, like obviously, well not obviously, but I realised that I, I started to buy different things and it wasn't necessarily deliberate. But for example, like it was easy to buy cauliflowers plastic free. It was really hard mm. to buy 
cherry tomatoes plastic free and so I just started and it was I could buy big ones but not cherry tomatoes and so I just realized I was buying slightly different things and so then I had to learn slightly different recipes Mm. which wasn't something I really thought about but I kind of when I looked back you know six months or a year later I was like oh I always make these Mm. things and I never make those things anymore so that was interesting yeah but I guess that's another thing like if you're um like if you're cooking stuff from scratch like just kind of learning new recipes and figuring out how to use things like if you're going to buy a whole pumpkin or a whole watermelon rather than a quarter wrapped in plastic you know you've got to figure out how to use it up before it goes bad so that's it's not so much difficult but I think you need a bit of bandwidth to you know start to learn how to use things or um, yeah and that's why it's good to take it take it take your time with it so you can take those things on board and 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 skill up in some areas for sure yeah and that was also a cost thing like if like if it's cheaper to buy, um, you know, sometimes I generally find my bulk store and my independent grocery store are cheaper than the supermarket. I'm sure they're not cheaper for absolutely everything, but mm-hmm. you start, you basically, for me, what I did was I have a budget, I have a budget for groceries overall. So I don't go in and go, oh, the mushrooms in the supermarket are $10 and the mushrooms in the grocery, in the independent store are $12. Oh, I'm paying more. I kind of go, I've got this much money to spend. Some things will be more, some things will be less. Mm. As long as overall I'm spending the same, then it's fine. And I think people can get really fixated on, oh, I bought some cheese and it was $5 more than the cheese at the supermarket. And that, you know, that might be a problem if everything's like that. But actually if you're saving money on the tomatoes and the bread and the broccoli, then it doesn't actually matter. So, you know, and also one other thing just to mention when you're starting is, um, like, I I remember someone doing the plastic-free challenge, like, went to some fancy deli to buy cheese and, you know, ended up spending, like, $100 on (laughs) what she would normally spend, you know, $10 on and was like, oh, my God. And, you know, you do have these things where you, like, you don't realise how much something costs or how big something is or, you know, sometimes, like, for example, tea. Like, when you see loose tea, it will have a really Mm. expensive price. It will be, you know, $100 a kilo. And you go, oh, my God, that's so expensive. Yeah. But when you buy it, you realize it doesn't actually weigh anything. So you buy yeah. a big jar of tea and it costs you $4 and it's the same as if you bought a packet of tea bags kind of thing. But sometimes you don't know and, you know, you'll buy it, you'll go to the tailor and you'll buy something and you're like, oh, oh $25. That's that's a lot. And, um, you know, you do make a few mistakes along the way, but you just have to, it's, but you don't, it's not like you're hot, you blow out your whole bill every week. You just, you kind of learn and go, oh, okay that's expensive or oh cheese yeah. actually is really heavy or whatever it is and you know it's all about I guess it's all about feedback isn't it you know you do something you go oh my grocery bill is really high why is that oh okay these things are costing a bit too much and maybe yeah. you have to go back to the supermarket or maybe you can find alternatives or maybe you know and then you kind of figure out kind of brainstorm what would be easiest and you know more sustainable for you you've given us so much advice so many tips my last question was going to be what advice do you have for others is there anything you want to add or do you want to summarize the advice that you've given us so far to um to leave people with I guess I'd just say start small I think it's really easy with all of this kind of sustainability stuff to just want to go in head first you know be more sustainable or be plastic free or quit the supermarket and you know they're the stories that we always hear about because they sound so kind of dramatic but most people don't change like that most people change by deciding that they're going to get a local milkman to deliver their milk and then going to the bakery and then 
discovering they can grow tomatoes and then kind of slowly, 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 slowly. So actually the best thing to do is if you want to change, figure out what the aspiration is, but then figure out what are the habits that you can do? Like what are the individual habits and maybe just up to three, you know, one, two or three habits. So find a solution for milk, find a solution for bread, find a solution for avocados or maybe that's not appropriate in Italy, um, olives, you know, and then, um, you know, from there, like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. I think too many people kind of go in, like go in, rush into it. It's like the lady with the cheese, you know, she decided to buy everything plastic free and then all of a sudden her grocery bill is enormous. And then she's like, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. really expensive. And then she quits. Whereas if you're just doing one thing at a time. Yeah, that's, the, you're that's true of every habit. It's the same, isn't it? You know, they yeah. always say, don't go 100% because you'll be demotivated and then you'll swing back to the other way. Whereas if you take it step by step, the change happens and you don't even see it. You know, it, it kind of just, you grow. Yes. There's some, I'm sure there's a saying that says, like, that you, over, you underestimate, what is it? You overestimate what you can achieve in one year and you underestimate what you can achieve in five. Yeah, and it is that. true that when you look back at, you know, where you were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, whatever, you go, oh, I've done so much. But in the moment, yeah. you're like, oh, yes. oh, so, you know, and it's really interesting. So, um, yeah, you just need to kind of give yourself a break, I think, and just not expect it all to happen. And any of these kind of 30 days to zero waste, plastic free, quitting the supermarket, like mm. that's just an Instagram tagline, yeah. you know, like actually it's going to take you longer. But you're going to, if you build sustainable habits, that's what's going to keep you going. Whereas if you do it all in 30 days, you're probably going to burn out on day 31 yeah. and feel resentful and go to the supermarket and buy a bag of lollies because, you know, <laughs> feel, you know, whatever. So you've got to make it sustainable for you. Really good advice. Thank you. Can you let us know where people can find you online if they don't know um, who you are and where you live in the virtual world? Can you let us know? Sure. So I have a website called treadingmyownpath.com. Um and I also have Facebook and Instagram and all of those things. And I've also written a book, actually, which is mm-hmm. called The Less Waste, No Fuss Kitchen. And it is actually translated in Italian. It's in, uh-huh. You get it in Italian and Spanish. And basically, it's kind of looking at the kitchen and it's looking at reducing plastic and packaging, reducing carbon footprints mm-hmm. and reducing food waste without losing your mind. So it's kind of that thing of we can't all do everything. It's very hard. But what are the things that we could maybe do? Or what are, how do we prioritize and what's better and all of that sort of thing um i can't remember what it's called in italian i'll have to um look it up but most in, in most English, of our, it's called the no fuss kitchen <laughs> most of our listeners are in the states and in okay. the uk and also in australia we do have some listeners in europe but what i'll do is i'll link um to the book in the show notes and i'll look for the translated copy as well so we'll have both on there and people can click if they want to go and, and have a look at it and get get hold of a copy thank you ever so much for your time Lindsay. thanks so much for having me It's been wonderful to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.